0: You are not going to be able to remember all these interactions. We have a limited capacity. Our brain has a limited capacity. So I say, let's do something else. Let's go and only analyze those interactions that mean something, those interactions that matters to what the customer is going to remember. This is Writers in Tech, a podcast where today's top content strategists, UX writers, and content designers share their well kept
1: industry secrets. Welcome to Writers in Tech, Liras. Today we have Liras, PhD in psychology, right? Psychology, right. In ICO, uh, Israel. Hey, Liras, how are you?
0: Hi, I'm very well. How are you?
1: I'm really good. I'm super happy uh, to have you here. I've been watching you. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, of course. I've been watching you on TV, actually, in Israel, talking about how people behave in the internet and the show Don't Fuck With Cats, which I really liked on Netflix. Oh, Uh... my God, yeah. (laughs) I
0: remember that.
1: And also a few of your talks about Clicktail.
0: Yeah. I am no longer at Clicktail, but I've been there for the last seven years. Wow. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Tell us more about your background.
0: Sure. So I'm a web psychologist or a digital psychologist. I have a PhD in psychology. I'm specialized in decision-making processes and cognition. And over the past few years, I have been utilizing models from cognitive psychology, behavioral economics, and neuropsychology to better understand how customers behave in the digital world. So back then when I... Was in Clicktel. I was the head of behavioral research at Clicktel, meaning that I've been working with companies like Walmart, Advance, the North Face, Nike, Microsoft, and actually we have been working on customers' interaction, on experience analytics, meaning that Clicktel is a startup and Clicktel actually developed a technology that is able to monitor and track the visitor from the moment they enter the website till the moment they leave the website, meaning every little interaction. So me, in my role as a web psychologist, I was looking at all these different interactions. And actually, I had two ways of looking at those interactions, meaning that in the individual way, meaning I would like to know what you did and what actually motivates you to buy something and why did you skip a certain piece of content and why did you read another piece of content. So this is one part. And the other part is to look at segmentations, meaning that we are talking about millions of Users, and we were able to see how men behave different than women in the website, and what is the difference between a new visitor and a returning visitor. And of course, we were diving into even more complicated analysis. For example, what makes a certain type of visitor to buy, and what are the persona? In and in some way, and this is actually a research that I really like. I was collaborating with the data science team and I told them that we are going to be able to analyze emotion and they didn't believe me at first. They told me, I mean, this is bullshit. Mm -hmm. And actually, we were able to analyze what I call the customer's digital body language, meaning that everything you do on site means something. Because if you think about it, When we talk in the physical world, when we're talking about interpersonal interaction, so those interactions are based almost entirely on nonverbal signals. And most people think that as we go online, so it's only about the text. But what I have discovered is that every little interaction means something, meaning that if you are frustrated, you will behave differently differently. You will be interact differently on mobile and also on desktop. So we actually have been analyzing five different patterns, five different behavioral patterns that can help us understand the meaning, the intent, and the emotion of the customers that are visiting the website.
1: That's amazing. And when you say the body language of the user, do you mean like the way they scroll and click and exactly. like you look at the, the heat maps and then you have like five different segmentations?
0: So actually, it's not only the heat maps, it's the real time interaction, yeah. meaning that, let me give you an example. I had a pattern that I called the focused mindset. Okay. I call of these behavioral patterns, the mindsets. So, Focused is a customer that enters the website. He knows exactly what he wants to accomplish, but not only that, he's able to accomplish it very, very quickly. So, the interesting thing is that usually this pattern uh, characterized a customer that's already been to the website once, so he knows what to look for. But listen to this. If a customer display a mindset, a focused mindset, a focused interaction. And it is the first time on the website that means the website actually done a good job by fitting the customer's mental patterns to what he's looking for, meaning that we were able to meet the customer expectation. So let's say that he was looking for the contact detail and in you were to find them. So this is where I can find the focused mindset. But let's take the frustration, for example, or the disorientation mindset. This means that the customer knew exactly what he's looking for, but he wasn't wasn't able to find what he was looking for on the website. He wasn't able to accomplish his goal on the website, so he left the website. Usually they left the website entirely. And this is how, and the way that I can see it is customer that goes up and down, many direction changes. He uh, desperately is looking for help, for guidance, but he just can't find it. So if you, if you can imagine like a real website, a brick and mortar store, a physical store, so where I'm looking and let's say that I have a salesperson. If he's a good salesperson, he will know how to quickly identify my needs. So what I wanted to do is to see how we can actually bring this personal touch to the online stores.
1: That's fascinating. And what I wonder right now when talking about those mindsets, okay, so we have many recordings right now of people behaving that way or another one is focused, one is disoriented and the other one is frustrated. But let's say that they have, okay, so it's no face store. They have probably hundreds of thousands of people going to their website gets the cap to hire someone that will watch every single video, and, nice. right? Yeah. So what would be the solution for that?
0: So, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't explain myself very well. So the idea was that, let me tell you about how the process went. So we began at looking at many, many users' interaction on different websites, on different industries, on different devices, mobile and desktop. And after looking at those different types of interaction, I I think it was two years of uh, viewing and analyzing interaction, we have noticed that we have five behavioral patterns that keep repeating themselves over and over again. And then I decided that those behavioral patterns, those are the user's way to communicate their intent with us. This is what I like to call the customer's digital body language. So I've turned to the data science team, And I told them, okay, listen, we have these different types of interaction, what we can do about it, how we can automatically identify those interactions. So using machine learning and cognitive computing, we were able to develop five different algorithms five different models for each behavioral pattern. So after we have developed these models, we took those models and we ran those models on thousands of entirely new interactions. And we have discovered that we can automatically identify the customer's behavior the minute they enter the website. So now what we have found is that we have different touch points. As you go online, meaning that let's say that you enter Amazon or Mm -hmm. eBay or another e-commerce stores, so you can display a focused interaction on the homepage, and then you arrive at the category page, and here you display the mindful interaction. So what is mindful? Mindful is a customer that is highly involved, highly engaged, interacts with different elements. And in the checkout process, you can become disoriented. There is something there. There is element there that made you become disoriented and you entirely left the website unsatisfied. So those algorithms are enable us to do two things. First, to look at different pages and to see what are the percentage of the mindset. Let's say that we have benchmark, of course, an industry benchmark, but Mm -hmm. we can see that there will be some percentage of customers that will display the frustration or disorientation behavior. But if I see that 30% of the customer display disoriented behavior in one of the pages, I can understand that there is something wrong with this page. So I need to look further. So this is one scenario. But there is another scenario that I look at the individual level and I look at one customer and I I follow his track, and then I can actually calculate an experience score. Why? And here we actually arrive to the interesting part. Most companies today, I think they are doing a big mistake. And what I mean by that is that they turn to different analytics company and under the promise that they are going to analyze every little interaction from the moment the, the visitor enters the website till the moment the visitor leaves the website. And I say, this is wrong. You are just wasting time and you are wasting energy. Why? Because if you think about it, we have so many interactions every day, every minute of every day. You are not going to be able to remember all these interactions. We have a limited capacity. Our brain has a limited capacity. So I say, let's do something else. Let's go and only analyze those interactions that mean something, those interactions that matters to what the customer is going to remember. And let me give you an example so you will be able to better understand what I'm saying. So I take this example from Kahneman talk, uh, Daniel Kahneman, in the Nobel Prize. And, yes, um, the book
1: uh, Think uh, Fast. Uh, Yeah, I think
0: uh, fast and slow, right. Exactly. So in one of his TED Talks, there was a man in the audience that raised his hand and said, listen to me. I've been listening to a symphony and it was absolutely glorious music. Mm -hmm. And at the very end of the recording, there was a dreadful, scratching sound. And then he added quite emotionally, it ruined the whole experience for me. But he had had the experience he had had 20 minutes of glorious music they counted for nothing because the man was left with a memory, the memory was ruined and the memory was all he had gotten to keep. So what this is telling us is that we have two different selves we have the experiencing self and we have the remembering self who is the experiencing self the experiencing self lives in the moment. So it can answer the question are you bored right now? How do you feel right now. But the remembering self is actually our long-term memory and it can answer questions like are you happy with your life? Are you satisfied with your life? And these are two different entities Mm -hmm. meaning that if you think about it, if you are going to get back to our discussion here, so what you should care about is not experiencing self because we're not going to remember every little second. We need to talk about the remembering self and how our brain is going to memorize our experiences. So in order to actually calculate the customer experience, I have developed a model mm-hmm. based on a model that is called the peak end rule. And the peak end rule says that you are going to remember your last experience, and also you are going to remember the most intense experience. So if I can monitor those customer experience, the last experience and the most intense experience, then I can have a model. But there is a tricky thing here, because if you think about our brain development and the purpose of our brain actually is not to be strategic, it's not to plan, it is to make our survival, so that means that our brain is going to put more weight on those negative experiences.
1: And based on that model, how can we, as digital experience creators, can solve those challenges? So now we have the model, and we know that our users are going to remember Mm -hmm. the most intensive experience or their last experience. And I can think about millions of examples that I was really frustrated when I went to like a governmental long form, trying to do all kinds of stuff. And what I remember from those experiences, that they were very negative. Like I, Even like uh, the Israeli IRS right now for the independence because of the old COVID situation, I needed to, to have some kind of a claim. And only that experience was super intense, super negative. So how can we take this model that I can really relate to and optimize it towards our users?
0: Okay. Thank you for this question. This is a great question. So first, we need to understand that we have two different approaches for customer experience. We have the whole classic approach and we have the new approach. And I try to educate companies to actually take the new approach. And what's the difference between these two approach? So if we're talking about the classic approach, we are talking about monitoring the customer experience, meaning that we are reactive, we are not proactive. So if there is something wrong with the experience, we are going to look at it, to analyze, to, to try to understand what's wrong. But we are actually passive actors. And in the new approach, What I'm talking about is behavioral design, is how we are going to shape the customer experience. So, of course, I have to make sure we understand that we can also manipulate the customer. Because what is behavioral design? Behavioral design says that, okay, we usually used to think that what the customer wants is the freedom of choice. The customer is a rational customer. We're talking about giving the power to the customer today because he has all the information and he can search in the web. And I say, I'm sorry for my French, this is bullshit. This is bullshit because our brain is not built that way. Our brain cannot cope with all this information. What we need to do is to make sure how we can design and shape the customer's behavior. And there is a say online that the person who controls the menu controls the behavior, meaning that what I'm going to show you is going to affect and control what you are going to do. Let me give you an example. Our brain has a way of thinking that's called relative thinking. So if I want you to buy a $1,000 coat, for example, I mean, this is pricey. We know that it's not a cheap coat. So what I'm going to do is the first thing that I'm going to expose you to is going to be a $1,050 or $2,000 code. So next to it, compared to this code, you feel okay, so one thousand is kind of reasonable price to pay, right? So this is just only small example, but the idea is that when we think, we take in relative thinking and what I just described is a framing effect. So that means that I can control your behavior. And the new approach, and now I'm going to back to the new approach. The new approach means that I'm going to shape those touch points. I'm going to shape the moments that I want my customer to remember. I'm not going to wait and maybe he has a negative experience, maybe he has a positive experience. I'm going to decide in advance how I want his experience to look like. And how I want this experience to to display, and that's the the real difference so the way to actually use and utilize my model, the peak and rule, is actually okay, so I'm going to decide I'm going to shape the experience, and I want to make sure that the last experience is going to be memorable. This is one thing another thing that actually another way we can utilize psychology is for example. Another very interesting finding, and that is that we all talk about dopamine. It becomes a very sexy neurotransmitter, but actually everybody talks about it in a wrong way because dopamine actually rises before the actual price, meaning that we feel more satisfied before we get what we want. Mm If that's the case, meaning that we need to make sure that the waiting experience is going to be fabulous because this is where we picture what we want and this is where we wait for our travel vacation and actually it was found that people that expecting their vacation feel much more satisfied than when they are actually in the vacation because then they can imagine how it's going to be turned out and the different uh, interaction they're going to have so it's extremely exciting and i don't know why but usually, product managers and even user experience managers, there don't pay enough attention to the expectation.
1: And let's say that I'm a product manager or UX designer or a UX writer that uh, is listening to us right now. And I'm working, for example, on, let's say, an e-commerce store or something like that. So... What kind of best practices I can utilize in order to improve that expectation experience that we were talking about?
0: Okay, so first, we need to make sure the expectation actually is after I already uh, purchased the product, for example. So that means that let's take, I have a great example that I don't need to think about on my own, but Mm -hmm. let's take the unboxing part when you actually open like your new iPhone. Apple actually does that great. So what is the unboxing? Meaning that you're going to have this beautiful, very stylish box and you have it's not like wrapping it up i mean it's in uh, you have stages for wrapping it up so this is one thing another thing is that let's say that you are going to play a vacation, and and then i'm going to actually send you messages about places that you can visit restaurants i'm going to give you a picture a frame of this restaurant and maybe i mean we have Virtual reality today, I can actually have a picture of you in this restaurant, meaning that I can actually, there are many ways where I can stimulate your memory and stimulate your experience. And what different studies, what we were finding is that the before, before the experience, we feel much better and we can actually determine what the experience is going to be and what memory we are going to have. Because if you think about, let's say, two weeks vacation, it's only two weeks, Mm -hmm. but people start thinking about the vacation three months before. So you have this great period of time where you can actually shape your customer's experience. And it's going to be, it's going to matter more. Because let's say okay, you you went on vacation and it was rainy the whole time. interesting finding that you are not going to have a bad memory. You are going to, after a while, you are going to be able to laugh about it. So mostly it depends on the time before.
1: So by the way, you really changed a lot of my perceptions right now, which is really interesting because I understand why not enough people are paying attention to it. Because for example, I can say about myself that I sell online stuff, online courses, for example, And in my opinion, how I think about it, it's like, okay, I invest a lot of efforts until the person buy the actual stuff. And when they buy it, I make sure to deliver the best possible product that I can. But I never invested enough time in the in-between, in the expectation to the product. And to be honest, I think that that was a wrong move on my end because it could enhance the experience of the product that I deliver. And the reason that I think that not enough people are paying attention just exactly like I didn't pay enough attention is that this is data that is difficult to measure. On my end, I see a number go up, someone buy. Or I see someone that is uh, telling me that something is wrong, so I know that is not satisfied. But if you look on the experience as a whole, the all expectation part can really increase the remembering experience out of your product for the long term and maybe right. ends up with them coming back or buying more stuff or even telling their friends about it, which is something that exactly. is priceless. So this is pretty amazing, I must say.
0: Thank you.
1: <laughs> cool. I, I'm going to invest more efforts right now, from now on, in the expectation part. I'm
0: very happy to hear that.
1: <laughs> cool. Cool. So I've heard that you have a, a website and we can see your content in that uh, website, right? LirazMargalit.com?
0: Yeah, you can. And also for English speaker, I have an ongoing blog in CMS Wire. Just need to write in Google, LirazMargalit, CMS Wire, and also in TechRanch And I write all
1: the time. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm going to share uh, links in the show notes. Thank you, LirazMargalit, for coming today. I learned a lot. Thank you, Yuval. Of course, stay safe. I feel like we're getting out of this, hopefully holding fingers that we we uh, we will get better with this Covid nineteen situation, and I hope to speak to you soon.
0: Great. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.